This is With You in the Weeds. Do you ever find yourself stuck in between what you know to be true and what you actually experience? Or the difference between where you are and where you want to be? Well, if so, you're in the weeds. And like weeds, those tough places keep coming back. I'm Lynn Rausch. And I'm John Tennant. As counselors, Lynn and I deal with those weeds all the time. Together, we designed this podcast because we want to be with you in those weeds, kind of like God desires to be with us. Hmm. Now, that idea will change everything. So we hope you'll listen in and let us be with you in the weeds. Let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to With You in the Weeds. I am here uh, with Shay Roush. Shay, it's just Austin and Shay today. How yeah, Austin, it's fun to be on a podcast with you. It is. I seriously think this might be the first time it's just been yeah. you and I. It's no, going to be good. It's going to be fun. Well, let me tell you guys what we're talking about. Today, we're wrapping up our Grounded in Grace series. Now, if you've been listening with us, you'll remember uh, this has been a little more theologically oriented series. You know, we've talked about important biblical themes and doctrines like what's the gospel, justification, sanctification, adoption. And today we're closing things out with uh, the end of the story, which ironically in many ways is just the beginning. Uh, and, And that's why this episode is called All That's Lost Will Be Restored. In other words, we're talking about the end, heaven. Um, And here's why we're talking about this. All of us are experiencing losses and hardships and sufferings to one degree or another. I mean, think about it. We, We could go on and on. Betrayal, hopelessness, meaninglessness, purposeless jobs, right? Uh, kids are struggling at school. Kids, schools just kind of started back. And, and, you know, Shay, you're past that, but my kids are, they're doing fine. <laughs> but we get, we got some tired people at our house these days. <laughs> Wait, I still got one in, senior in high school and, and one in college. Well, that's, so I, it's yeah. a different, well, it, I'm thinking it, elementary, it, all you all you warriors out right, there in preschool, yeah, kindergarten. We're, we're on the back end. You're right? on the back yeah, end, that's, that's right. that's for sure true. So, you know, that's a real thing. Uh, maybe some of you just, you're not getting sleep because of job stressors or you're having, gosh, regular panic attacks. Not sure why. People going through divorce, sickness, death, on and on we could go. And so if you're like me, you're going to want answers. You'd want answers and perspective and help in the present moment. You know, but before I can think ahead to the future, I would like some help uh, in the present moment. And, and so in light of all of these present moments, we we need to get perspective on the end of the story. I don't know, Shay, I've been talking a while. Would you add anything else as to why we're talking about heaven and, and the end of the story today? Well, I, I think one of the reasons why is it's just kind of so interesting to think about maybe what is to come. And, uh, but also I, I really do, uh, and it's, it's just exciting to talk about heaven, right? <laughs> Better than hell. Okay. So Better I'll let you hell. and John uh, talk, handle the hell episode. So uh, heaven's just fun to talk about, right? But uh, I also think that our view of heaven, our hope of heaven really does help us persevere today in the hardships that we face and see that, hey, you know, Paul says this, right? These are, these are everything that we go through. These are momentary afflictions compared to what's to come. That's right. And man, that, that really uh, helps us. Uh, yeah. the, the grace of that's to come helps uh, us today in, in whatever we're facing. So I'm so glad we're talking yeah, about this. Yeah. yeah. And you know, this, I'm glad you bring in, obviously, Scripture. Scripture reminds us when we're in the present moment and having present struggles, we actually need to go to the future. We need to go to the end of the story to get perspective. So you mentioned Romans 8. Here's another one. First Peter 1 verse 13 says, set your hope fully on the grace that will be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, this is very different from, from other messages that we're getting in our culture, especially in the counseling world. Um, there's a guy uh, named Irvin Yalom. He's, he's pretty old now. He actually might recently died. Uh, he was a phenomenal therapist, especially group work. was groundbreaking in so many ways. He's, he's great. Um, and part of the reason that he was great was what he did in the counseling room with people when it came to death. He would say and tell people in groups, you can't ignore death. It's coming. You know, the end is near. And so what we've got to do is rather than ignore it, we need to look it in the face. We need to come to grips with it. And we need to get 
uh, purpose and meaning in light of the end. That would be kind of his tactic. Now, I think there's some wisdom in that. However, there's one big problem. Yalom and other, other people like this, they assume that death is the end, hmm. that there's nothing after, you know. Uh, but the Bible and what Jesus tells us is that there is, in fact, an after. There's an after party, so to speak. And so, uh, you know, this is an important message for anybody who's following Jesus, but especially in the counseling world, secular counseling world, there's no concept of an end. It's all about how That's do we, make, how do we yeah. make meaning here in the here and now, yeah. which is important to do. And yet they missed the end. And so that is why, again, we've been talking about this, really excited about, about doing this yeah, episode. Today. And I would say this, you know, Paul addresses that, right? Doesn't he say, if there is no resurrection, right? What, what, are, we, what are we doing here? And we might as well eat, drink, and be merry. And you're right. These guys are right. Make the most of today because there's never, not, nothing to come. But if there is a resurrection and if there is a life to come, then what we do here really does matter for eternity. That, that changes things. That's right. Yeah. So, so here's how we're going to do this today. We're gonna, um, first, we're going to talk about what happens the moment we die. Next, we're going to talk about heaven and what it's like. And then we'll end our time uh, talking about just what does this mean for you and me today in the present moment. So, Shay, let me, uh, let me kick things off to you. Tell us about what happens the moment that we die. Yeah, I think what gives us hope in the present and, and what helps us persevere in the midst of, uh, of some of the hardships that, that you were talking about, Austin, in the opening is our view of the future as believers. Um, it, it's our hope of heaven and the, and the grace to come that helps us find joy in this life and helps us persevere. But if you think about it, many of the books of the Bible— um, especially the book of Revelation, we're going to be looking at that a little bit today, uh, were written to people who were facing persecution and, and suffering for their faith and, and facing all the other hardships in life that we go through. And, and they were written to help them and us persevere and, and even find joy now. And, and so knowing how the story ends helps us deal with suffering and loss that we experience today. Um, you know, if, if you think about it, I've, I've noticed this trend. There's so many movies out there and shows that where, I don't know, it's something kind of new in Hollywood, but they don't have happy endings. Have you noticed mm. this? Got I, complex. I, yeah. There's no kind of yeah. bow at the end. There's no happy. And, 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 and my wife and I will, Lynn and I will get to a point like, you know, I sometimes just want to watch a movie where there, I know there's going to be a happy ending, okay? Because right. yeah. I don't want to be depressed <laughs> right. at, at the end of this. Well, um, heaven, there's a happy ending to this story. Yeah, you're almost saying like, you can't say that. You can't say there's a happy ending because we're not going to take you seriously. But turns out it's actually true. Yeah. <laughs> there no, is a happy ending. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, yeah. and so... Um, as you mentioned, let's start off first. What, what does the Bible say um, happens to us when we die? Well, um, let's be honest. The reality of living in a fallen world means that um, you know we, we've all experienced the death of loved ones or, or friends. Um, and and um, the truth is we're all going to, to die. Um, I, I say this every now and then. I don't know if it's funny, but the death rate is is still a hundred percent. Last yeah. time I, I looked, that's going to to be uh, the lot for every one of us, unless Jesus comes back in our in our lifetime. And so, what happens to those who have a genuine, real faith in Christ when they die? Well, um, the, the words of the Apostle Paul, written to the church at Philippi, provide a window. I think, into what Christians can look forward to after we die. And, and Paul says this in, in Philippians 1.21. He says, For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Um, to, to live is Christ, but to die is actually gain. And he says, if I'm, in, if I'm to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I'm torn between the two. I desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is better by far, but it is more necessary for you to the Philippian church that I remain in the body. And, and, and I think it's really important, Austin, that we catch what Paul says here. He says, if he departs, he will be with Christ. And he says, that will be better by far. Hmm. 
In other words, Paul understands that he's going to experience something after his death that is much better than the life that he has now. And this agrees, remember, with what Jesus tells the the penitent thief on the cross in Luke 23, uh, verse 42. He says to him, Jesus said, well, the, the thief says, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus answered him, I tell you the truth today you will be with me in paradise. And, and, and so the idea here, Austin, is, is it's, it's good to be with Jesus, better than our best day on this earth. I, I, I mean, think about your best day. Um, I don't know what it is for you. Maybe it's when you got married uh, or had kids or I, I can think of what, is that, Cardinals is it, winning the World Series. That or your wedding day, what is it? What, which? Cardinals winning the World Series? Uh, wedding, wedding day. day. Yes, Definitely. Okay, right, you, there you go. Okay, look. <laughs> if we're going to do a podcast together, you can't, you can't ask, ask questions like that. You answered correctly. Okay, I know, but don't get me in trouble here. But uh, <laughs> maybe Mizzou winning a national championship would be a, that Man. would be a really, really good, in I, football would I, be a really, really I good. Can't day. Or basketball. Or, or basketball. Yes. But, but think about your best day on this earth. Well, what, what the scriptures say is, is being with Jesus when we die is far better. And, 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 and so that means that as believers, we don't need to fear death because we go to be with Jesus. And when someone we know dies, um, we grieve, right? Paul says, but we grieve as people. It's right to grieve, by the way. Mm-hmm. But we grieve as people who have hope because we know that the grave is not all there is at death. You want, you want to comment on this? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So first, let me just make sure I'm getting some of these verses right. In Philippians, Paul, you know, to live is Christ, to die his gain. What he's not saying is that he just wants to die, that life is awful and terrible and we should just want to die. But instead, Paul is helping us see how good it is to be in the presence of Jesus. Like you just said, your best day on earth doesn't compare at all to being with Jesus. But then in Luke, we learn that, that the moment we die we're going to be with Jesus. That was true of the thief, the penitent thief, and therefore it's going to be true of everybody. Not bodily yet, but in some way, and maybe it's on our disembodied souls, we'll maybe get there later, but we're going to be with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Does that seem does that seem right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so you're right. When, when Let's just answer that. When, when, when we die, our spirit goes to be with Jesus. The body goes to the grave, mm-hmm. and we, re- we wait for Jesus to return and come back again, raise our bodies that are right. going to be imperishable. We're going right. to talk about that resurrected body. Right. But that's in, in a gist what the Bible talks about, what yeah. happens. Yeah, okay? and, and so, you know, what's striking me, the other thing is, is there's a part of me that, that knows and believes this and thinks this is going to be great. And that's true. And then there's just this other part of me that's a little confused and maybe still a little bit nervous and apprehensive because I, I don't have any tangible experiences of what this is like. You know, I'm, I'm here's an example. I'm thinking about the first time one of my kids rode a roller coaster with, with loops on it, the upside down, you know, loops. They'd never done it before. And they were excited, but they were freaking out. We'd be waiting in line. I'm so excited. Oh, I don't want to go. Just this back and forth. I knew they're going to be okay, but they weren't sure. Yeah. But once they did it, they got over their fear and their apprehension and they loved it. They're all in just like me. And so my guess is this is a little bit how it is with you. Maybe at least for me, we're we're nervous and apprehensive just because we haven't done it yet. We actually haven't died. <laughs> yeah. And yet all the while, Jesus is right there beside us saying, I know, I see you. It's going to be okay. That's, yeah. that's just how all this is hitting me. And so maybe if you're listening, if that's kind of what you're going through, you're in good company, if yeah. nothing else. Yeah, a- absolutely, Austin. And, and if I can go back to the thief on the cross, you know, the, there, were, there were two other guilty sinners, right, on the, on the other on the other cross, right? Mm-hmm. Or at least one. Yeah. There was another one, right? right. There, were, there were two total. Mm-hmm. And, and, and one says to him, hey, to Jesus, help me get off this cross. Um, b- basically, he goes to Jesus and says, I, I, would you help me make my life better, right? And the thief on the cross recognizes that Jesus has done nothing wrong, recognizes he's a sinner and deserves to be there and says, by faith, remember me in your kingdom. Mm-hmm. The other the other thief is just using Jesus to help his life go better. 
And boy, it's such a picture of so many of us. If we go to Jesus because we want thing, we want Jesus to get get us things. He's like a vending machine. But the other, the 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 the, the penitent thief realized who Jesus was, and that made all the difference in the world in his life. Mm-hmm. But but let me tell you that Austin, that's not the end of the story. Okay, and so when we die, we go to be with Jesus. But it gets even better, and. Because when when Jesus says, today you will be with me in paradise, or, it, you know, you'll find the word heaven used in that context in, in the Bible. But I want you to know that that paradise, being with Jesus, that's not our final home. And so when Christ comes back again, um, he, he's, he's going to give his people, both the living and the dead— He's going to give us, as I mentioned, these new and this glorious bodies and um, these resurrected bodies, okay? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, let's I, pause there. Yeah. I, I saw the the movie uh, Haunted Mansion, the Disney movie, whatever, and it's the classic disembodied souls floating around. Uh-huh. They're ethereal. You can stick your hand through them, yet they can still move. Casper the ghost Casper kind of thing. Go- yeah. That's not the biblical picture. Right. We're going to have physical, tangible bodies. <laughs> yeah, that can eat and drink and, um, you know, what those bodies are going to look. I mean, I think Jesus is the model, the, his resurrected body, right, is the model for us. He ate, he drank, they recognized him. Um, I, you know, the Bible doesn't tell us everything we want to know about the know, resurrected body. Am I going to have hair <laughs> in heaven? <laughs> Can we get to that yeah. at one point? I, I'm hoping we'll all look like we're 25 years old, you know, at, at just the peak uh, maybe of whatever our lives, peak, whatever, whatever the peak whatever of the that peak is. is for you. Right. Um, that's right. what I'm I'm hoping for. Right. But we really, we really don't know. But I, you know, we're going to enjoy our resurrected bodies. We're going to get those when Christ returns. And so the question remains, where will we experience this eternal fellowship with God? Uh, Where will heaven, the final heaven, be? Well, there's a passage, um, one of my favorite in all the Bible. I mean, if you just want comfort and if you want peace and if you want to hear how the story ends, this is the passage for you. So uh, it's Revelation uh, verse 21, verses 1 through 5, and I want to read it for our listeners and for us, and maybe make just a couple comments, because uh, I think this passage will really help guide our, our thoughts. Yeah, and I would say if you're listening to this and you're driving or you got kids in the car or whatever, that's fine. Go back and just slow down and just listen. Yeah. Maybe you've heard it a thousand times. Just listen, take it in. Yeah. Go ahead. So so uh, John writes this. He says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And there was no longer any sea. And so this idea here of this new heaven and this new earth, uh, the the Greek word there for new, not to get too technical, but we're not talking about in terms of time. Uh, John could have used the the Greek word for time there, but he uses the word meaning character and quality. Mm -hmm. And so I think that leads us to think that this world is going to be renewed in character and quality. And and we'll get to that. We're going to talk more about that. And he says, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And he says, there was no longer any sea. Okay. Now, stop. Uh, people are saying, wait, there's no longer ocean or lakes. I, I enjoy oceans and lakes and those sort of things. And uh, you you got to know that in biblical language here, the, the metaphor of the sea in biblical times represented what? It, chaos, destruction, uh, uncertainty. And so what he's saying is, is in heaven, we'll no longer have those things. Okay, but will there be physical bodies of water in heaven? I think there will be. Verse 2, he says, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, uh, which I believe is the church, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them and be their God. And he will wipe, catch this, every tear from their eyes. Uh, In other words, everything lost will be regained. He says there will be no more death, no more death, no more death. The final enemy will be defeated. 
No more mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, I'm making everything new. And then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. Don't, don't gloss over that. He's saying, hold on to this. This is, trustworthy. <laughs> this is trustworthy and true. This is what is real. This is the reality that, that is to come. And, uh, I, and so I, I think this is what um, you and I want our listeners to catch. And that is, is that the ultimate location for our eternal life with God. After Jesus returns in power and he resurrects his people and fully establishes his kingdom will be the new heavens and the new earth. And that's going to be here on this earth. It's not some other place out there in the sky. Shay, I'm, I'm remembering I'm sitting in eighth grade science class and we started our astrology lesson. And my uh, teacher in a great, I don't know, moment of wisdom, whatever, he said, you know, guys, in about three or four billion years, the sun's going to burn out and all the galaxies in our solar system are going to burn out. And that's it. That's kind of the end of the story. Yeah. And I've heard kind of a similar message just in other places at times. This is the other story, let's say, from secular science and astrologers and whatever is eventually we're just going to be done. The universe has mm -hmm. a time, however, billions and billions of years. That is very, I'll be honest, kind of intimidating to hear when you compare it to the Bible, because that's not, that's not the case. That's not the end. Revelation 21, what you just read, tells us God is going to redeem and restore and prevent this burnout. Yeah. And in fact, the center is going to be on this restored earth. Yeah. Because that's, why are we getting all this? Well, this is what Jesus has revealed to himself. So as you say that, it's like, this is awesome. And it's very different from what yeah. we're hearing. These are the implications <laughs> of what we're meaning. I feel like, yeah. you know, I'm taking crazy pills. Wait a minute, yeah. what? How do I put it, all this together? Yeah, you're right. And maybe the scientists are right. Maybe the earth does burn out. But what my point is, what's trustworthy and true is maybe that's going to be the point where Jesus returns and renews this earth. I don't know how it's all going to right. play out or when right. he's going to return. Right. Okay. So we hold these things kind of a little bit in tension, but... but but this is what's trustworthy and true. This is how it all ends. And, and so what I want you to understand is, is that, that God is not going to give up on his creation, which if you remember originally in Genesis, he said is, is good. Um, uh, he, he, because, you know, he's not going to give up on it. Um, rather, he's going to renew it and 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 um, and and so when he renews it, it's in some sense paradise lost because of man's sin is going to be paradise regained. And, and we get this from uh, other passages. For example, remember Romans eight nineteen says that the creation itself waits in eager expect expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. So even nature, even the creation is groaning, it's waiting not to be destroyed, but to be renewed. It's waiting for the sons of God to, to be revealed, and um, it's waiting to be renewed. And so I, I think about this, you know, if God completely destroyed this world, um, which, which he originally said was good, which has been subjected to the fall, but if he would destroy it, it would mean in some sense, I think, that Satan has won a significant victory in, in so corrupting this world that God had to destroy it. And I don't think that's the case. And, and, and so that means is, is as glorious as nature is now, it, 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 it's, it has, it's been subjected to the fall, and it's going to be renewed and even more glorious in the future. And so we walk outside, we look at nature, and we think, man, it's great. But in heaven, it's going to be renewed, and it's going to be even better. And so heaven will be here on this renewed earth. That's the first thing yeah. that we want our listeners to see. Yeah. You know, in, in just a second, we're going to take a break and, and then we're going to uh, follow up and talk about what heaven's going to be like. But man, as you're listening to this, it's, it's really, really hopeful and we have to see this. And if you're listening, I hope you get a little taste of it. And at the very same time, I'm also thinking about the parts of me that just, it's hard 
to believe this. And, you know, maybe you're being a little cynical and a little skeptical. And if you're listening, that's a that's an understandable response. You know, mm-hmm. I think by and large, you're talking about, you know, the shows that don't have happy endings. My hunch is however many years ago, maybe a few generations, there was a lot of hope, a lot more promises, you know, the American dream, we can do all things. Over the last few years and decades, I don't know, and I'm just kind of riffing here, Shay, tell me what you think about this. It just seems like the curtain's been pulled back a little bit. We're hearing about all sorts of scandals, whether it's in the church, whether it's in government, mistrust. And so the pendulum has now swung and it seems like there's a cultural skepticism. At least it's maybe a little more natural to believe and to be skeptical of people's motives. Mm -hmm. We approach the Bible with those lenses on. And I think why I'm so glad we're doing this is this maybe cleans those lenses a little bit. It's a little bit corrective. You know, if we err on one side, if we're just all kind of happy and everything's going to be fine, well, we need to recognize this world has been marred with sin. But if we just stay there and we stay in the Genesis 3 world, we miss the end. We need to hear the end that Jesus came to redeem and restore this earth. Yeah. Yeah. And and I agree. And I, and I, I think there is something, there's, there's eternity in our hearts. We're all longing. We know this isn't as great as this world is. It, it, we know there's something, something missing. And, and mm. um, I, I think God is what, it, there's passages, right? He's placed eternity in our hearts. And there's something about us that we know this, this can't just be it. Yeah. That that and and I think about like relationships that we have people. We we develop these close friendships and and relationships with our 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 families and 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 are we saying at death that that's it that we'll no longer see those people again or those relationships will never continue. Well, no, I think they do. And and God has a purpose for them. And so God's put eternity in our hearts, and so yeah. when we come back from our break, we're going to take a look at what what we're going to do in heaven, and uh, what, you know, do we get a glimpse? Will we eat a steak in heaven? Will there be animals in heaven? I'm will, you. Will I? That. No. Okay. Will I have hair? That's what I want to know. All right, <laughs> okay, stay with us. We'll be right back in a jiffy, but we want to take a quick pause to say thank you. Thank you so much for listening in. If you like what you're hearing, think about texting this episode to a friend. And find us on Instagram at With You in the Weeds. Okay, guys, we are back. Uh, we talked a little bit about already what will happen the moment we die. Tapped in a little bit about what heaven's like, but now we're going to uh, dive in just a little bit more. And we thought we would tackle this by just going through some who, what, where, when questions, right? So, so let's talk about who. What does the Bible tell us about who will be in heaven? Well, there's two verses that give us a little bit of a, a window. Here's the first one. Um, Romans 10 verse 9 says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. In other words, who's going to be in heaven? Well, anybody who has done this, who's put their faith, not 100% perfect, but more than not, more, you know, 51%, they've put their faith in Jesus. That's who's going to be in heaven. Yeah, I, I and, and picking up on that, again, back in Revelation, right after the verse that we read about heaven, uh, and and it just says this in Revelation 21, 6 to 8, and he said to me, it is done. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, hmm. I will give from the spring of the water of life without payment. And um, I, I just love that image of this 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 spring of life. I will give to you this picture of of heaven. It's a picture of heaven. Who's going to be there? It's those who are thirsty for it. And he says it's with right. It's without cost. It's without payment. It, it doesn't cost us anything. There's nothing you can do to to earn your salvation. Uh, you can't buy your way into it. You can't do anything. It's all by God's grace. It's by it's for the people who look to Jesus as to the Lamb, as their as their Lord and as their Savior from their sins. And so come, drink, be satisfied is the image here. Yep. Um, through faith, without cost. It it costs you nothing. 
And uh, that's who heaven's going to yep. be for. Yeah, th- that's great. Um, let's go to the next one. You know, what will heaven be like? Shay, uh, you know, we've heard from you a lot already, and it's great. I want to hear more. Um, tell us a little bit more. What will life be like in heaven? Yeah, I, I think for whatever reason, Austin, <laughs> I think the picture that people have in their minds of heaven often isn't an attractive one. And I don't know where we we get this, but the image, right, of, of, of a baby floating on clouds in a diaper. Uh, playing a, comes to, that's playing not, a harp. Right, playing a harp. <laughs> that's not attractive to me at all. Or we, we think of heaven as kind of being a, a never-ending, boring worship service, right, where we're just singing old hymns and... Uh, or, you know, it could be even just maybe for some people, this might be attractive, but playing golf all day long. I'm not a very good golfer, so <laughs> I want to be a good golfer, but, but doing that all day long doesn't, doesn't appeal to me either. But, um, but, but the Bible does give us a few clues as to what we will be doing in heaven. Not, not everything that we want to know. Some of this stuff we might speculate on a little bit. But I, I think one of the first things that we could point out is that we will worship in heaven. Hmm. Um, Revelation 22.3 um, looks forward to a time where it says, we, where we will no longer will there be anything accursed, but the throne of God and the Lamb will be in it, in other words, the city, mm-hmm. and his servants, it says, will worship him. Um, you know, for various reasons, Austin, we, we often don't look forward to or enjoy worship, you know, in our, in our present experience. Um, might be a lot of reasons for that. But, 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 but just as we naturally, even spontaneously celebrate and praise when we see glimpses of glory at present. So think about right a, a, a sporting event, right? What we we talk about or we praise the things that we really delight in. Okay, I'm, the Chiefs. I'm right? remembering when the Chiefs beat the Bengals, yeah. and the Super Bowl. But yeah. when they won, when they beat the Bengals, I'm watching with my boys when when Mahomes went out of bounds and got tackled, I jumped up and I screamed and yelled in joy. Oh my gosh, we got the first down. We're going to get the... Then they kicked the field goal. I was beside myself. That's amazing. Yeah. That is the heart and the picture of what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Or, or even nature. We went to the Grand Canyon, and I, I, we came back, and I was like, you, you've got to see this. I mean, it is, it is, is so incredible. Yeah. And, and so we, we praise things that kind of capture our heart, and that's right, and that's good. But I think when we're in heaven— and, and we see God's glory when we see God's goodness, when we see God's beauty. Um, I don't think that worship in heaven is going to be a chore, but it's going to be a joyful and satisfying activity. Yeah, and it, I think that's important for us to understand. It's almost like, and if you're listening, try to find just the quintessential time where there were no obligations. You got to do what you wanted and you really loved it, whether it was, I don't know, whatever that is for you. That's what it's going to be like in heaven. No obligation, no duty. Oh, I yeah. have to do this. But yeah. no, it's going to be, I want to do this. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what exactly we're right. Yeah. Uh, we also know we're going to eat and drink, right? Um, remember Jesus in his resurrected body with his disciples? He, he, he drank with them. He ate fish with them. Um, you know, he talked about, uh, you know, this idea of the future when we will drink with him again Mm -hmm. in heaven. Maybe one of the main things that we're going to do in heaven is, is, um, eat and, and drink. And so I, it brings up the question, will there be animals in heaven? And we don't know, for example, (laughs) but, but what do you want to eat? Yeah, I I hope so. I'm a big steak fan. I love (laughs) steak. And so I sure hope there's animals in heaven, but, um, but I I think there will be, you know, it reminds me Austin, the, um, a little girl asked Billy Graham one time, she said, who's her dog had died. And she said, well, Billy, well, my, Mr. Graham, will my, my dog be in heaven? And he said, well, if you want your dog to be in heaven, your your dog will be in heaven. And, and so I'm sticking with Billy Graham on this Good answer. enough for okay. Billy Graham, good, good enough, enough for me. Him, that, that's exactly right. <laughs> I, I think we all ask the question, you know, okay, yeah, sounds great. We'll worship um, in these resurrected bodies. Uh, will we work in heaven? Well, 
Um, I, I, I think we will, you know, if think about work was given to us as a good thing, uh, it's accursed because of the fall. So it's frustrating and all that kind of stuff. But, but, you know, um, we, we're all given gifts and talents and that was before the fall. So I think there's a, a good chance that we will continue to work and to create and mm-hmm. to innovate and to explore and to enjoy nature and to continue to learn and grow and, you know, we could make some jokes about, yeah, I guess there's going to be some jobs that that aren't going to be in well, heaven. I mean, that's a great point. Like, right. I think I'm going to be out of a job as a counselor. I'm going to be on unemployment, <laughs> right. unemployment right. line in heaven. Yeah. What's that look like? Yeah. You yeah. Know, I don't, I, I mean, police. Right. I don't, I, is there going to be any need for that? Lawyers. Uh, they're, lawyers. They're out. A lot right. of people may be rejoicing right yeah, now. There. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> I don't, I don't right. know. And yet. There's going to be things that we're going to be do. Yeah, we're going to be yeah, able to do. Yeah, and maybe it it means that we're going to get to finally do something that we always wanted to do in life, and to create and to explore, and and um, <clears throat> all of those kind of things. So I, I I'm looking I'm looking forward to that. I think we'll play sports. I think we'll we'll enjoy a lot of activities. I think there's going to be a lot of continuity with right. what we do here on um, this earth. I, yeah. Another thing that I, I think I would say is, is um, I'll say it this way, we'll, we'll experience great and unending joy. Mm-hmm. Um, so not only will we be without death and mourning and crying or pain, as Revelation 21.4 says, and I'm, I'm going to come back to that in a second. And not only will we be united again with believing friends and family, um, who we've been separated from because of death, but we will finally have what we've been created for and, and what we've always longed for, what, whether knowingly or not, and that is unbroken fellowship with God. Uh, he will be our God and we will be his people. Um, and, and so even though today in our, in our present age, God's glory often causes us fear, um, The Bible says that one day in heaven, it's going to be both our light and it's going to be a cause for our rejoicing. And so we're we're going to fully experience what David writes in Psalm 1611. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. And and so um, we're going to rejoice. We're going to have joy in our unbroken fellowship with God. Um, but also what's interesting, Isaiah 65, 19 says that not only are, are we going to rejoice in God, but God himself is going to rejoice in his people. Yeah. He's going to delight in us. You're, and that is just, it's just mind blowing. You're helping me with something because even now, when I think about heaven, I very much think about it as, at least I default to it being kind of this abstract not cold, but it's just a thing out there. But what you're capturing is heaven is relational. Mm-hmm. You know, John uh, 17, 3, Jesus is in the garden praying. He says this, this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. That word, they know you, that's relational. Yeah. And so we've tapped into this a little bit. We're going to be doing lots of things in heaven that'll be fun. Yeah. Uh, but the most important and the heart of it is who is there. Right. We're going to be re- in relation to know and to be known by Jesus, the yeah. God of the universe. That, that's the heart of it. Yeah, because we were created for relationships, right, with others and with God, and we're going to enjoy that relationship with him. So I, I don't think this is something to be feared. It, it's going to be good. But this idea that you kind of mentioned here, this idea of this relational aspect of our, our own relationship with God, our own personal. There, there's a corporate sense, but there's also a personal sense to this. And that's my next point. And, and, and here's what I don't want us to miss. And I, I think this really speaks to our minds, but I think it hits us in our, in our hearts as well. Uh, Revelation says is in, the, in the passage that we read there, in, in chapter 21, says that he's going to wipe every tear from our eyes and, and that there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. 
And, and see, Austin, I, I think we get so used to living in this fallen world that we think that this is just, we, we, we think this is our home. We think that this is the way things are, are supposed to be. We get used to it. This fallen world, that sounds strange, but it's the air we breathe, right? Um, disease, sickness, death, sin in our lives, injustice, guilt over things that we've done. We've been hurt by others, but, but this is not our home. And, and heaven is going to be great because God is there and we will worship him. But it's also going to be great because individually, Jesus is going to wipe every tear and he's going to heal every wound in our lives. And so all the sadness is going to come untrue. All the sadness is going to come untrue. And, and, and that means every hurt that we've experienced in life, every way that this world has hurt us, Every tear from that, Jesus is going to wipe from our eyes. Every way that we've hurt other people, the sin that, that we still see, that the guilt that we feel over the things that we've done and the tears that we shed as, as a result of that, he's going to wipe those away. And so all of that sadness is going to come untrue. And, and the other thing, <laughs> that's not great enough that every tear is going to be wiped away, is, is that we're going to be fully human. We're going to be without sin as God meant us to be. And, and we're going to be our glorious selves as God meant us to be. Right? Doesn't C.S. Lewis say something about that, that in heaven we would almost be creatures that we would worship, right? I, right. I think I've got that yep. right. Yep. I, I'm not the C.S. Lewis expert, but <laughs> we're, we're going to be our glorious selves. But, but we're going to become the person God has always intended us to be. No more sin, no more addictions that, that, that destroy our lives, no more hurt, no more pain of this broken world. I am yeah. so looking forward to that. Yeah. Yeah, you know, that's so good. It's a great reminder. And Shay, you were talking about, um, you know, people get used to the way things are. You know, it's always going to be hurtful. It's always going to be yeah. broken. Uh, I can't tell you how many times, and I, I love doing this as a counselor, people will sit and they will tell me what life has been like either in, in relationship with their parents or their marriage. And, and I ask, do you mind if I share something with you? What is happening to you is not okay. Right. It's not okay that someone uses that tone of voice with you and shames you. It's not okay that this, and, and more often than not, people will stop and they're stunned in the silence and sometimes tears are coming. And I'll ask about what are those tears and they say, no one has ever told me that. Nobody's ever said that's not okay. They've never known anything different. That's powerful. It's powerful. Yeah. And getting a picture and a taste, the end of the story, heaven tells us this is what is true and right, not whatever else is happening to you. Yeah, I look so forward to God healing this world and healing our broken lives because of sin. Yeah, listen, it, it, Austin, I want to pick up on something you said about when you meet with people and you tell them this is what's happened to you is not right. It, and that's it's so important for them to hear that. I, it, it also makes me think of is sometimes, and, and we are well-intentioned in this, but sometimes when we we meet with people that are going through some incredible hardship in life. And I think because we care, because we're helpers, we, we want to uh, give a reason, right, to people why they're going through some sort of suffering, why cancer has hit them and, or some sort of relational difficulty or whatever it might be. And, and, and I mean, it is true. We can say things like it's, it's part of living in a fallen world, right? But, but often when we, we sit with them, we, we don't know why particular people are suffering. We don't know why God is allowing this to happen. The reality is, is we just don't know. And, 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 and sometimes the most important thing that we can do is just remind people that God loves them and is present with them in their suffering. And it's just important for us to be, to be present with them in their suffering. And sometimes we don't even need to say anything, but, but just to be there with them. 
But I think we can point them to the hope of heaven that, that, hey, things might not go the way we want things to go this side of heaven, but one day Jesus is going to wipe away every tear and, and eternity is forever. And it's, it, 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 eternity, it's not even going to compare. The, the, these momentary afflictions won't even compare to what is to come. And so yeah. I just wanted to mention that because I think it's so important well, for our that, listeners to, to, to remember. That's great. And I mentioned, you know, this great count, secular counselor, Irving Yalom. That's what he missed. Mm-hmm. That's what he didn't understand. He, he couldn't say that to people. Because he didn't have a foundation for it, but we do, and it's so good you said that. Yeah. Um, okay. You know who, what, where is heaven? We already mentioned that a little bit. It's 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 on this physical earth. It's not this abstract, disembodied existence somewhere up in the clouds or in a different place. It's here, on this physical earth. Um, the last question about heaven: When is it coming? Um, I'll read a verse that I think gives us the answer. Shay, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. This is on Matthew. I, I have a date that you, I think. No, you do. No, you do. Okay. So guys, don't listen to Shay. <laughs> Step away. Back away. <laughs> no, here's why this is funny. Uh, Matthew 24, Jesus is speaking. Verse 36, he says, concerning that day and hour, in other words, when is heaven coming back? No one knows. Not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, nor Sherosh, but the Father only. And then let's jump down to verse 44. Jesus says, you must be ready because the Son of Man, that's Jesus, is coming at an hour you do not expect. So when's heaven coming? We don't know. And here's the funny part. If you know, you know, many people, I don't know, well-intentioned or not in the past, they've tried to make these claims of when they know it's going to happen. It's the year 2000 or whatever, blah, blah, blah. You know anyone who says that? You run far and you run fast because yeah. they don't. If Jesus yeah. doesn't know, then they don't know. Yeah. God doesn't seem to read the end times books <laughs> that many people write. And so it's not on his reading that. list. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. Well, so, you know, okay, where have we been? We've talked about what happens when you die, what heaven's like. Now we want to land the plane and we want to end our time discussing how, uh, you know, our view of heaven affects how you and I live today right now. So Shay, I know you've got a few thoughts for us. As you hear these, uh, just just take something that maybe you could believe or take something that maybe, gosh, I need to feel this differently, or maybe, hey, I could start doing this now. So Shay, how does our view of heaven affect how we live now? Well, yeah, I, I think real quick, just this idea that God's going to come back and renew this world, that mm-hmm. he cares about the physical. He cares about creation. He cares about our resurrected bodies. This Sometimes in our society, we want to make this, this spiritual, uh, well, there's the sacred secular, but the spiritual and physical split, okay? And think that God's only care, cares about the spiritual. Well, no, he cares about the physical as well. So what's that mean for Christians? Well, lots of things we could say, well, that we're to be good stewards of our environment in the world mm-hmm. that we live in today, right? We shouldn't just trash this earth. And I, and, I, and, and, I love that word you use, it, steward. It, Take care of it because I, God loves it. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> I think it, it informs our theology when it comes to uh, our jobs. Uh, we don't make this sacred-secular split. We think, oh, you know, the pastors, counselors, priests, whatever, they're closer to God. That's really important. But whatever I'm doing in business or, or working in a factory, this is less important. Well, no, don't make that distinction. God cares about what you're doing. All work, right, brings glory to God. Um, um, and, and so I think we can, we can point that out. Uh, our view of heaven helps to, to inform yeah. things yeah, today. And, and, and just like, you know, not all work is created equal. If you're a drug dealer, okay, that's probably not the most God-glorifying no, it, work. So just make that caveat. But, it, but your point matters. There's no sacred, secular split. Right. You and I aren't somehow more holy because we work in vocational ministry full-time compared to somebody working yeah, as a school teacher yeah. or a babysitter or whatever. God cares about our physical bodies. So, yeah. right? So sometimes as Christians, we think, well, the most important thing is, is we need to just share Jesus with people. We need to share the gospel with people. But who cares about their... Um, their physical bodies. Who cares about feeding the poor and those kind of things? And you know, John Stott, the 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 great theologian, right, was asked this, and he said, "Should we focus on evangelism or should we focus on feeding the poor?" And he said, uh, "The answer is yes." Uh, so so we do both as a church. Um, but I I think um, this idea that 
that two final thoughts. One is, is that if we don't long for heaven, um, and, and we, we should long for it because we, we should want Jesus to come back and to alleviate the suffering that we see in this world, right? And to bring about justice. There are so many people that are denied justice this side of heaven, and, and we should long for that. And if we don't long for God to come back and make this world right again and to bring about justice, then it means that we probably live in this little bubble where, where our lives are pretty good. But you go in different parts of the world where there's so much suffering. We should long for God to come back and and make it whole again. Um, but I, I do. I, I'll say this too, uh, Austin, is that knowing that heaven is to come, I, I, I think that it it helps us to persevere um, in the here and now. That's why the book of Revelation was written. John's saying, "Look, look, look, what's to come." So hold on, be faithful even in the midst of hardships, because a wonderful future is ahead. And, and it helps us, right, to forgive other people. Um, we forgive because we know ultimately justice is going to come. We don't take out wrath and vengeance because ultimately we leave that in the hands of God. And so there's so many things that we could say of how it transforms our world today. But let me end with this story. I think one of the things I think about heaven is, um, you know, my my dad, um, I, I think I've shared this, but was an alcoholic, and he struggled with that addiction, and um, for various reasons that I I don't quite understand, and and um, we had to deal with it. I had to deal with that growing up, and um, um, I, I remember my dad asking me one time. He said. He said, Shay, um, why can't I just come to faith in Christ before I die? And I said, well, <laughs> number one, you never know how you're going to die. And my father ended up drinking himself to death. And so that, that came true. But I said, secondly, I said, Dad, I think you've bought into a lie that you think following Jesus in this life is going to ruin your life or it's going to be that he's going to take all the fun out of it. And, and, and I said, you know, it's a lie from Satan. Following Jesus is what actually leads to, to life. And I got a chance to share the gospel with him. And I don't know if he was a believer or not, Austin, but, but if he was, and if I do see him again in heaven, I, I really do look forward to the day when my dad will be fully human. He'll be fully the person that God intended him to be. And, and I look forward to spending time in heaven with my father. And he's not, he, he's not addicted to alcohol in the downward spiral and who he had become. But I look forward to just that relationship of getting to know him as God intended him to be. I long for that. I hope for that. I think that that is what God is going to restore in our lives as believers, and 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 it's going to be a great place to be, and 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 so long for it, want it to come, don't fear it. Uh, we we look forward to to heaven. I can't say it any better than that, and so I won't. Uh, all I will say is, Shay, thanks so much for being here with me today uh, and unpacking. This has been, you're right, this is a fun episode. It's great to think about. Um, thanks to those of you who hung in there with us today and especially through this Grounded in Grace series. Um, we have uh, another episode coming up where we're going to answer your questions. Uh, so stick with us next time and we'll see you then. Thanks, Austin. Thanks for letting us be with you in the weeds of life. We want this resource to bring you hope and to help bridge the gap between where you are and where you want to be. Follow us on Instagram at WithYouInTheWeeds. If you like what you're hearing, text the episode to a friend, like us, and leave a review. Until next time, remember, God is with you in the weeds.